0: This podcast is brought to you by Primed. Louise is a 49-year-old female in your practice, and she's coming in today to talk about her blood pressure. You recently started her on lisinopril, and despite taking the maximum dose and having made some lifestyle changes, she is still not at target. You discuss adding a diuretic to her lisinopril, but she's hesitant to take yet another pill and wonders if she should try something different besides the ACE you started her on. You note that the guidelines recommend adding a second agent, but consider that maybe she might respond better to a different drug, and if so, which one? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Robert Baldor, professor and the founding chair from the Department of Family Medicine at the UMass Chan Medical School, Bay State in Springfield, Massachusetts. Good morning, Bob.
1: Hi, Frank. Good to see you again.
0: Nice to see you. Boy, uh this is a frustrating thing. The guidelines do say, add another drug, add another drug. And patients often say to us, gee, uh, do I have to take another pill? And, and you brought forward this, this topic, this recent JAMA article about how there's a difference in response to antihypertensives that,
1: that might imply we need to individualize things. Can you tell me about it? Uh, yeah, Frank, really, uh, in my mind, a uh, fascinating study, although somewhat complex. Uh, The the authors reported the results of a randomized, double-blinded, repeated crossover trial um, of uh, 270 men and women with recently diagnosed hypertension. This was called the Precision Hypertensive Care Physics Trial. They compared blood pressure-lowering responses to antihypertensive monotherapy over time, but they sequentially changed the agents and measured the blood pressure response using 24-hour home monitoring. Now, the randomized participants, uh, mean age of 64, about half men and half women, and at the beginning, several of the participants had had hypertension for, uh, on average, three years, and 62% of them had previously used blood pressure-lowering monotherapy. So a bit complicated, but what they did is the the participants started on a uh, run-in trial period of two weeks using placebo. So uh, everybody got the placebo for two weeks. The mean office blood pressure after the placebo run-in was 154 over 89. Then each participant had six different eight week long treatment periods with various drugs with a one week washout period in between with the placebo. So the agents that they looked at were candesartan 16 milligram dose, Lisinopril, 20 milligram dose, amlodipine 10 milligram dose, or hydrochlorothiazide 25 milligram dose. And in addition to taking one of these, each participant was randomly um, assigned to repeat uh, one of these courses during a subsequent uh, 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 eight-week treatment period. So they basically, in essence, everyone took a pill for the entire course of the study. Placebo for the first two weeks, then one of these hypertensive agents for eight weeks, for example, lisinopril, then a week of placebo, then they'd start in a different agent like hydrochlorothiazide for the next eight weeks, a placebo for a week, and eight weeks of amlodipine, and so on. 24 hour blood pressure monitoring was done just before and at the end of each treatment period, and the primary outcome was the average daytime blood pressure measurement. The BP was taken, by the way, twice an hour between 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. for a total of 14 measurements, so pretty uh, uh, accurate uh, measurements that they were looking at.
0: That's a very complex design, and boy, those patients hopefully were paid well for participating in the study because that's annoying as all get out. Um, so what'd
1: they find? Yeah, so it's interesting, Frank. So all the Everything was, was packaged to look the same. So from the patient's perspective, they were just taking a pill a day, which was pretty neat, I think, to look at that. But they have found that treatment using single-drug therapy with lisinopril, the 20-milligram dose, was found on average to be the most efficacious of the drugs that uh, for the selected doses, again, and that was compared to candesartan 16 Imlodipine-10, or hydrochlorothiazide. 25 milligrams and what that did is it led to an average three-point decrease in the systolic blood pressure. They also looked at comparisons between different medications and they found no evidence for differences when candesartan was compared to lisinopril or an amlodipine was compared to hydrochlorothiazide. but there were significant differences for the other treatment comparisons.
0: Oh, that's a little complex. Help me understand. So at the doses used, lisinopril was most efficacious at lowering systolic blood pressure, but not everyone responded to lisinopril. And if they didn't respond to lisinopril, they were less likely to respond to Candace Arden?
1: Yes, that's uh, pretty much what this study is saying. The study provides evidence that these widely used um, antihypertensives vary in effectiveness between individuals with the potential for ble- greater blood pressure reduction with these personalized targeting of therapy. The mean additional blood pressure reduction achievable was on average twice that achieved by just doubling the dose of a first blood pressure drug that they had not responded to or more than half of that of adding a second drug. Um, this also study was able to tease out some um, differences in responses to some therapies. As you noted, candesartan versus Lisinopril, and amlodipine versus Hydrocorthiazide showing that within these pairs, the choice of therapy was unimportant for most. So what that's saying, if you didn't respond to candesartan, you wouldn't respond to Lisinopril. If you didn't respond to Amlodipine, you wouldn't respond to Hydrocorthiazide. However, for all other comparisons, the choice was particularly uh, significant. And the choices seem to be so between Lisinopril or candesartan versus Amlodipine. So what that says is if you did not have an adequate response to Lisinopril, the patient would likewise not respond to candesartan, but probably would to amlodipine. So think about that, Frank. Lisinopril, it's an ACE inhibitor. Candesartan, it's an ARB. Both work on the angiotensinogen pathway. So if a patient did not have an adequate response to the ACE, they would likely not respond to the ARB, as the etiology for their hypertension probably didn't involve, does not involve the angiotensinogen pathway. But amlodipine a different mechanism of action, right? A calcium channel blocker might. I I think you're probably onto something
0: that's gonna spur even more research. Thinking about are you a a, a renin-angiotensin-sensitive person or not might require different, we we call it all hypertension, but it might be a very different disease, Bob. Um, So Louise is here, she's failed lisinopril. What are we gonna do next for her?
1: Yeah, so Frank, I think this is a little bit of a change in how I'm approaching things. Uh, Traditionally, I would just add a diuretic to the first agent but I think I'll try changing drug classes so Louise is on an ACE inhibitor she'd like to try a different agent so I'm not going to use an ARB which is something I may have also done in the past instead I'm going to prescribe amlodipine it's a calcium channel blocker next and to monitor the effect and as you noted what this study really says though is we need a better way of determining the underlying pathophysiologic cause of an individual's hypertension therefore then we can really have a targeted uh, uh, approach uh, to, uh, to, to, to care
0: This certainly is going to change my practice, Bob. Thank you very, very much for reviewing this article.
1: Practice pointer. Consider a trial of a different antihypertensive agent class rather than an add-on approach when the first agent is not effectively controlling blood pressure for treating recently diagnosed hypertension.
0: Join us next time when we discuss the FDA approval of an over-the-counter oral contraceptive. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by Prime Ed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out PrimeMed.com for additional CME content.